Chapter Twenty Six of An Unwilling Guest by Grace Livingston Hill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Chapter Twenty Six Trouble in China. Allison had scarcely settled herself to the thought of the journey and was preparing to puzzle her brain over what those last words of Richard Rutherford had meant when a surprisingly deferential porter stood beside her with a large box and two smaller packages. He with difficulty made her understand that they were for her, and she opened them with much delight, unmindful of the watchful eyes of her fellow passengers. The large box contained flowers, she was sure. Yes, great, dark, rich crimson jacqueminots, with long, strong stems and crisp green leaves, she buried her face in them to hide the tears that had rushed to her eyes in spite of herself the other packages contained two new books that were being much discussed and a box of fine confectionery suddenly the fact that he had called her allison in parting came forth and stood out from all other facts and confronted her she turned rosy red and the gentleman across the aisle who had been watching her curiously decided there was no use hoping to get a glance from those eyes she was too much absorbed and besides she seemed to be already secured the dreary retrospect that had been summoned to attend her journey got off at the next station and allison went home in a confused state of mind now smiling to herself as she looked from the dark window and now keeping back the tears that would come as she thought of some of the things she had obliged herself to say they seemed rude and almost cruel now what did he think of such a strange girl it was the second day allison had tried hard to settle into the old routine of little daily duties at home she had unpacked her trunk and told her mother a great many things that had happened in new york not all she was not ready for that yet and the wise mother saw and understood and waited she had gone out for a few minutes to a neighbor's now on an errand and allison was left alone in the house it was not quite time for her father to come home for supper she hovered about from room to room feeling a strange unrest and chiding herself for it she lighted the gas and went over to the table where stood a tall vase filled with roses and bent and laid her cheek upon their cool sweet petals it was just at that moment that some one was coming up the walk and saw the pretty vision through the half-drawn lace curtains he paused a moment to take in the beauty and the meaning of it for him his roses his heart quickened and he went up the steps with a bound and rang the bell out on the street a boy stood watching him up the path he was a handsome boy with heavy features and large saucy eyes he stood for a moment and then took a step or two back out of the way of a tree that hindered his vision he watched until the hall door opened and let in the stranger and then he said aloud well i'll be whacked it's him it is sure well i suppose it's got to come some time and he's a mighty nice feller then he drew a long sigh and turned up the street, whistling a tune he had learned in the Sunday school. Allison had not lighted the gas in the hall yet, but the open door from the parlor gave light enough to tell who the stranger was when he came into the hall. She stood, looking at him almost as if she saw a vision, and unbidden by her will, her lips spoke one word. Richard! Allison! He answered, 
depositing his dress suit case on the floor and taking her in his arms she did not draw away nor even try to take away the hand he held in one of his allison he said i have come to explain to you that it was because i loved you that i took your hand i could not bear to have you think another day that i had been dishonorable or playing with you my darling will you forgive me now for an answer she raised her sweet face to his all smiles and tears trustingly as a flower would turn toward the sun and he stooped and laid his lips upon hers suddenly out of what seemed a clear sky to the unthinking pleasure-loving part of the civilized world there burst the trouble in china evelyn rutherford had not been one who cared to read the daily papers much she would glance them over occasionally but she had not been taught to read the news when a child and did not care for it when she grew older her father and brother were talking about the chinese trouble when she came down to breakfast one morning she paid little attention supposing it to be some political trouble there were so many wars and rumors of wars that came not near her that afternoon she was on her way to the elevated train and the pinched face of a newsboy who was madly crying here's all about your boxers attracted her attention she supposed it was some sporting news and did not care for a paper but bought one for the sake of the little pleading face of the boy who offered it once in the train she leaned back and thought no more of the paper till looking down her eye caught the words trouble in china in large letters she drew a quick breath and grasped the paper tightly as she read what horrible story was this she read every word there was little known as yet except terrible surmise she bought every paper the next newsboy carried when she got off the train and read with fevered haste so many contradictory reports so many theories and ghastly conjectures they were all clamoring about the legations what was the danger of the american minister a man who had gone to china purely from business motives or from ambition to be compared to the dangers of the missionaries of one true man in particular who carried the message of love and peace and who had really given up his life that he might help those brutal people she searched hungrily for the word of missionaries she had been to the women's foreign meetings enough now to understand a little about it there was very little said about the missionaries in particular they were mentioned as in great danger in some places there was report of a general massacre of the missionaries planned and one paper had the audacity to state that it was more than likely that the christian missionaries were the underlying cause of all this hatred toward foreigners by the boxers she reached home in a state of excitement she plied her father and brother for information and they gave it plentifully but in language far too technical for her to gain much help their talk presently branched off into a discussion of the political situation of the whole world with regard to china and evelyn ceased to try to follow them her heart seemed to be settling down in dull thuds and throbs to stand the strain that was put upon it only one more sentence did she catch from her brother as she started upstairs it was spoken in a low anxious tone to her father i am afraid it will go hard with gray he is right in the midst of the trouble and he's not one to run away from danger if he thinks his duty calls him there she stopped on the stairs her hand to her heart but heard no more she remembered that maurice gray would presently stand in the position of brother to dick 
he had a right to be anxious and to speak of him how she envied dick she must keep her anxiety to herself she had no right to even feel it and how could she help it she turned out the gas in her room and sat down in the dark the slow tears trickled sadly down her cheeks and she let them stay wet on her face she thought of the night when she had gone up to the dark attic and poured out her trouble in long sobs she would like to cry like that again only she could not she was too tired she was tired a great deal in these days presently she went and knelt down beside her bed and tried to pray to pray for the one she loved and for herself her cheeks had grown hot many a time as she thought of that confession she had made to herself in the attic the year before but to-night with such grave calamities imminent she forgot that it was any shame to her to love a man who loved not her and had never even shown her any but the simplest of attentions she forgot everything but himself and herself and the god who could care for them both she knew so little about prayer yet she did not know how to ask but she prayed that she might be enabled to pray as she had prayed for her conversion the days that followed were harrowing ones they were such for all the country but so very hard for her since she must not show her feelings to any one no for that would be disgrace and shame to him and her both to think that she should give her love unasked but she could go to the missionary meetings and she did and found there mothers and wives and sisters who were mourning and praying and anxious for their dear ones and sometimes she could put her arms about some distressed mother or sister and weep with her often her tears of genuine sympathy did much to soothe and comfort people wondered at this elegant young woman who spent so much time and money in the missionary work and who seemed so anxious for china and so sympathetic evelyn never said much nor did her deeds openly she did not stop to question now what people would think of her changed ways that she a queen of society should eschew all social haunts and instead spend her time in missionary meetings and studying about china what mattered it to her what they thought evelyn does not look well said mr rutherford to his son one day she is white and thin oh she'll be all right when the weather gets settled it's spring fever you know she didn't look well last spring richard said cheerily he had a letter from allison in his pocket and he was anxious to get upstairs to read it over again into the midst of the days of anxiety and disquietude came jane bashford she was jane worthington now her father had been strongly opposed to the match and so the young people had taken matters into their own hands and been secretly married it had been just the kind of thing jane delighted in so romantic but it was not nearly so romantic when the brief honeymoon was over and she discovered that her dashing young husband had not the wherewithal to pay their hotel bills jane had to be very humble and go back to her father begging forgiveness and the father had granted it within certain limitations they were living quietly jane said all too quietly for the young son-in-law's ideas he made his wife miserable by calling her father all kinds of names he intimated that he had been given to expect plenty of money and he plainly told his wife that he cared more for several other girls but had chosen her because he supposed that she was able to command the money and had sense enough not to bawl all the time like a baby he hated sniveling women he declared and he says wept jane 
her pretty face sad and swollen with much weeping that he always loved you and that he only took me to spite you evelyn's own pale face flushed deep with angry scorn this was the man with whom she had been glad to make merry only two short years ago from what had she been saved the scoundrel she said under her breath while jane unmindful save of herself and her own sorrowful little tale poured out the story of her wrongs he often comes home dead drunk she said with a strange hardness in her child eyes that would have reminded allison of the woman in the mission she said it as if it were the smallest of her sorrows poor thing she actually seemed to love him yet in spite of it all he talks dreadfully to me then and he struck me the other night she said showing the black and blue mark of his brutal fist could she show this poor child-wife the way to jesus evelyn wondered might it be possible to reach her through the love for her poor wretch of a husband and show a higher dearer love that would not fail her evelyn's heart was filled with compassion while she looked down upon her old-time friend from a height to which she had climbed in these two years how could they ever have been friends she wondered what possible tastes could they now have in common how incredulous jane would be if she should tell her of her interest in china china was a far-away land to jane for which she cared not one whit evelyn with a prayer in her heart that came with the wish to help her former friend set herself to remember all that had been said to help her to jesus all the steps by which she had come she would try to lead her friend but when she attempted a little word she found she would have to begin down the ladder much much lower than she had started i don't know what you mean evelyn said the weeping wife looking up through her selfish tears how strangely you talk half petulantly what have you been doing to yourself you look quite shabby and your dress is entirely out of style doesn't it make you feel awfully gloomy to think of such things my i couldn't bear it life is hard enough without being so pokey i go out all i can to forget my trouble i went to the theatre every night last week harry likes the theatre better than anything else only he will go back behind the scenes and talk to those horrid actresses but then he says he always did that that all men do so i suppose i must put up with it pray dear me no i couldn't do that it would put me in the blues worse than i am you need a good dance to stir you up evelyn you are growing morbid come over to our house to-morrow afternoon and i'll introduce you to some of harry's friends they are awfully interesting men a little gay perhaps but after all very interesting you don't want them too slow you know and so she met all evelyn's efforts to bring her any true help and evelyn with a sigh concluded she would not do for even a home missionary she determined to pray for her at least she tried to tell her so as she was taking her leave thanks awfully evelyn she said with a stare but what good do you think that will do harry's my husband and i don't suppose praying will make my life any brighter good-bye you better not waste your time so it will make you gloomy End of chapter twenty six